This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. To another show of Sober Yoga. I'm your host, Kate Bendel, and this show is for you if you are somebody who drinks a little bit too much some of the time, or if you're somebody who drinks way too much a lot of the time. If you're sober curious, if you've tried to give up drinking before and it hasn't worked, or if you're just not sure where you stand with your relationship to alcohol. This show is for you. So today, what we're going to talk about in the show is the desire to drink and how yoga looks at that and how yoga can be helpful in our attempts to change our relationship with alcohol so any of this information that you hear on the website on this you may later go over to my website which is katebendel.org and the podcast will be there and also some of the work I do online and in Dunedin is also on that website So my thoughts are, if you're listening to this, either you yourself are struggling with alcohol or you have someone in your life who is struggling with alcohol. There's a lot of us out there. Um, I'm not a statistics person, so I don't have a, a number for you. But what I do know is that difficulties with alcohol is an incredibly common experience and yet it is still kind of, there's still stigma attached. So often people are not asking for help, people are not able to be honest about it because fear of judgment. And also there's a whole lot of people who really enjoy their drinking and they don't necessarily want to hear that you yourself are struggling with alcohol because if they are, it can be very threatening. So my hope on this show is to kind of throw open the curtains a wee bit and say, yes, a lot of us struggle with alcohol. I work with people individually. I have a sober yoga course that's running in Dunedin. And I have spent 30 years of my life in this field because, very briefly, by the time I was 18, I was still at school at 18, um, I was in an AA meeting. Things had gone that wrong for me with my drinking by 18 that I was seeking help. Fast forward another 18 years because it took me that long to actually find a method, a way to deal with my drinking. Which kind of brings me to today's topic which is about the desire to drink to stop. how to lose the desire because there's kind of two ways to go about this if you're someone who is 
recognizing that you're drinking more than is good for your life, more than you want to be, that you're not showing up how you want to be or you're letting your family or your children down or or you're just quietly letting yourself down, you can go about focusing on stopping drinking. And that's what I did and that's what a lot of people do. And there's there's some support out there. I used 12-step programs, there's counselling, there's rehabs. I used all of those. And mostly for for the 18 years that I did that, going in and out of those programs, I never lost the desire to drink. I managed through some of the tools that I learned in those programs and the support that I got from those programs... I had episodes and periods of not drinking. They took a lot of willpower and it never really felt that natural to me. And underneath it, there was always this a kind of a sadness, a feeling that I was missing out and that what I really wanted was to be able to drink. But I had proven to myself time and time and time again that actually I couldn't drink in any way that was even remotely close to kind of balanced or healthy. And so I had this experience of many years, sometimes it would be only three months at a time, other times it would be a year, six months, just various blocks of time where I would abstain from alcohol, so I was abstinent, but I still had the desire to drink. So that was not a very comfortable position to be in. It was a a constant, I had to stay vigilant and I had to battle with cravings and urges a lot. And it really did feel like a battle. If you have done this yourself, you may relate to what I'm saying. It It was like this really strong force within me really wanted to drink. And I had to suppress it, I had to distract it, I had to talk it down, I had to use a variety of ways. I had to ring people, go to meetings, do all these things so I wouldn't give in to the desire to drink. And I think a lot of people end up in this situation and it's we can maintain it for a period of time yet there's something unsustainable about going against your own desires because desire is what propels us into action desire is what motivates us in the world so when you are carrying around like I did a desire to drink there's only so far I could get on willpower and I would run out, and I and the desire was like, yay, now she gets to do what we want, which is drink. And so this was a cycle that I was stuck in for over a decade, and I couldn't get out of it, no matter what I tried. But looking back on it now, it wasn't until I met yoga that I even entertained the idea that I, looking deeper, might bring me some freedom or a fresh fresh perspective because yoga even though we think of it as physical postures often 
which it does include, yoga is vast. It's a philosophy. So a lot of it is using tools and techniques to alter our mind, to alter the consciousness, to change the way that we view things. Because suffering ultimately is in our mind. It's how we're thinking or perceiving something that causes us suffering. You know, we can all, a group of people could turn up at, say, one event, like, say, a car accident. You could have five people turn up and they are all going to see and experience and perceive different things from that car accident. Somebody might become overwhelmed with emotion and find the whole thing very traumatic. Somebody might be have training in medical first aid kind of thing and they're going to put that perspective on it and see what needs to be done and take a medical assessment. Somebody might be sort of someone who has a strong sense of kind of civic duty and they might take over controlling the traffic and they're going to see mainly what's going on with traffic. We're all very different and it's in our mind, what's happening in our mind is giving us our picture of reality. And yoga really helped me make a shift there. So instead of just giving up drinking, which was just failing for me, basically, when I started practicing yoga, a whole lot of things started to change. And one of them was this ability to separate myself from my thinking, to recognize, okay, there's me, there's this existence of a being who happened to have the name Kate and there's some thoughts and they come and go but Kate isn't the thoughts and I was able to start to just kind of get enough space and detachment to observe and notice a lot my thinking around drinking and I'd never really seen it before it always felt like it was this enormous amorphous uncontrollable thing like a tidal wave that would just take over me but through the practices of yoga I was able to witness my thinking and it was illuminating to say the least but it what it did it helped me really dig beneath the surface of what was going on with my drinking and for me, I needed that key to, to, until I could understand myself, there was no way for me to get out of the trap. Like I felt completely trapped in this cage of alcohol. And I think yoga, that's yoga's specialty. It teaches you tools and techniques and practices which help you to understand yourself. Svadhyaya is a term we use in yoga and it means self-study or self-reflection. And through that means there is the possibility of gaining deeper understanding of what are we doing and why are we doing it. And In the process of yoga, it doesn't happen the first time you go to a yoga class. It doesn't happen the second time you go to a yoga class. Yoga that is practiced over time helps reveal this deeper sense of the self and 
helps you connect with that deeper sense of self where there there is no desire for alcohol in that deeper whole part of the self. So through yoga practices, whether it's breathing, movement, meditation or sound, we can learn how to connect with that deeper sense of self. In yoga, they might call it purusha. There's other words. It doesn't really matter what the word is, but it's coming home, home to yourself. And you learn to stay there and you can watch, watch the drama of your life. You can watch the the whole story of your alcohol. And for me, I was able to watch just how strong the desire was but then also play it forward I was able in a detached way to watch what 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 is going to happen to the rest of my life if I keep responding to that desire if that desire is played out what's the rest of my life going to look like and it looked absolutely shocking it was not the life I wanted. The the me that was in contact with my deeper self, which was full of light and positivity, could see this kind of disaster of a life in front of me if I kept f- feeding this desire. And from it was almost like a light switch for me. And it was at, from that moment when I saw it all play out, it was like, well, no, that isn't the life I want. So from that moment on, it wasn't completely plain sailing, but it was like this desire, every time I resisted feeding it, so every time I resisted giving in to the cravings, which are, you know, the thoughts, the feelings, the physical urges, it's like the desire diminished. And in a fairly short space of time, you know, I was practicing yoga every day, that desire, it just dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. And I would, rather than thinking about drinking on a weekly, if not daily basis, it dropped down really quickly, like within a couple of months, into every now and then it would rise. And it was like this flame of desire would rise and I had enough tools then enough presence of mind to know I'm just not going to feed it and it would die down. Within a period of a year, it had vanished. It simply wasn't there anymore. And to to not drink didn't even become a thing because I had no desire. It's almost like if you don't like sardines... You don't have to work at that during your life. You don't have to think about, oh, today I'm not going to eat sardines. And if sardines are on the table, you don't have a battle. Someone else is eating sardines. You don't care. That's where I got to with drinking. I had no desire for it. It was of zero interest to me, which after 18 years of it consuming my life, it was an incredible change. And it was yoga that helped me firstly to get there, to have this change of my perception, a change of the way I viewed myself and the and the world. And yoga also taught me how to sit and be still 
or not actually physically. Well, yes, I did. I learned to sit still, but more than that, just to kind of have that feeling of stillness so that the mind can settle down and you can actually see what's going on in the mind. So yoga was the the way that I learned how to do that. But possibly more importantly is I was able to sustain it. Sometimes in life we can have moments of kind of breakthrough or we have moments of clarity or illumination and we really think, see things how they are and we can will take the right action. So when we see things clearly, we take the right action. We don't make mistakes. So for me, I did. I had a moment of clarity of seeing what alcohol was doing to me, seeing what the rest of my life was going to be like with alcohol in it. And it was that clarity that was enough to make me take the right action over and over again because I kept using my yoga practice to go back to that place of clarity. It's kind of heartbreaking. Sometimes we have those insights, those moments of illumination or grace or call them what you will, but they can fade after time if we haven't got some regular committed practice that brings us back to them on a a daily basis. They can fade and we can start wandering off the path and start making mistakes again. So that is where my love and deep commitment to yoga as an incredible powerful tool for getting clear about the role alcohol is taking in your life and using that clarity as guidance on the steps you want to take. For everyone, it's not necessarily that they're going to choose abstinence. That's not the answer for everybody. For me, it absolutely was, but I only knew that after trying two, five hundred, I lost count, many, many, many times to have controlled drinking and I just couldn't do it. Some people the clarity might be that they want to contain their drinking just to the weekend and they will keep that clarity and go about from that moment on attempting to do that. And if you can't do that, well, then you do some svadhyaya, some self-reflection, and it's time to kind of look at that information. And as much as you can, yoga would say that the light of truth is an important part of the process. It's only when we can be truthful with ourselves that we are able to see what we really need to do next and this takes a fair bit of strength and a fair bit of courage because often we are facing something that is difficult and if we still have a desire to drink which most of us do when we're still drinking um, it can feel just awful to consider even that you might have to give up this thing that you still have a desire for So yoga would also say a really helpful thing that yoga taught me and you can take from listening to me is sometimes it's best not to focus on the negative. Don't focus on the problem. Everything is in balance. So if you just start adding to the positive, if you just start putting the good things into your life, 
the stronger the good things are, the weaker the negative things will become. And so that's where yoga uses the tools of ahara and vihara, lifestyle and diet, to start bringing positive things into your life. And as as you get yourself more firmly established in positivity, the negativity, which is drinking in your case, will diminish. So that also works alongside this idea of clarity and not feeding desire. See the desire, name it for what it is, play it forward, see what's the rest of my life going to be like if I succumb to that desire and stop feeding it and feed yourself something else and instead something really positive and it can be enough to change the balance doesn't mean you won't have cravings or urges sometimes but they're actually really good things but when you have cravings and urges it's an opportunity to learn to resist them it's almost like you're learning a new skill and you can do it anyone can do it when you have enough positivity and strength and faith and courage, all things that yoga will give you, you can resist urges. So hopefully there's something useful for you in that and also just to know that I work with people individually and I'm also running a six-week course. There's still just time to enrol for that. The course starts on... November the 3rd so it's on Wednesday evenings just for six weeks so it's not a massive commitment but you will learn yoga traditional yoga that's asana breath meditation and philosophy how it relates to addiction and alcohol so that you can take some really useful things from it. So if you're interested in looking at that course, again, my website is Kate Bendle, so that's K-A-T-E-B-E-N-D-A-L-L dot org and you'll find all the information on there. And you can also find a way to get hold of me if you want to talk about something And equally, if there's things you want me to talk about on this Sober Yoga show, please let me know. It's for you. So what you're interested in is what interests me. And keep trying. There's many, many ways that we can approach this difficulty, this challenge, this obstacle of alcohol. And if one way didn't work for you, don't give up. Try another way. And... Sometimes just actually finding someone that you can talk to about it can just help move things. When we shine the light on something, it in itself is a big step towards transforming it. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to Kate with the Sober Yoga Show. And we will be here again in a fortnight.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.